Musicologist John Drummond of New Zealand collected this timeless tale from the Maori tradition. The whole community was gathered, but the circle was not yet complete. The story goes, one of the people, an older woman, came forward. Welcome, she said. She took the young woman's arm and led her forward to meet the others. I see you found your way here then. We've been expecting you. Did you get any help on the way? Yes, said the young woman. Yes, I did. They all gave me their music. Oh, how nice, said the older woman. And what did you do with it? I don't know, said the young woman. It went into me. It filled my head. It changed me. No, the older woman said. It didn't change you. What did you do as you came to us? I sang a song. Was it the music you had heard? Yes. No. It was your song, said the older woman. The song only you can sing. That's what music has done for you. It has helped you find yourself. A timeless Maori tale told by musicologist John Drummond and cited by Patricia Campbell about the power of music in our lives, individually and in community. From a Maori tale to an animal fable, a poem titled The Seal Lullaby by Rudyard Kipling. Tom Wine tells us in his essay, Searching for an Icon, the seal lullaby is a beautiful story, classic Kipling, dark and rich, and not at all condescending to kids. Best of all, Kipling begins his tale with the mother seal singing softly to her young pup. I, Eric Whitaker, was struck so deeply by those first beautiful words and a simple, sweet song just came gushing out of me. I wrote it down as quickly as I could, had my wife record it while I accompanied her at the piano, and then dropped it off at a film studio. Words of composer Eric Whitaker. And these are the lyrics. Oh, hush thee, my baby, The night is behind us, and black are the waters that sparkled so green. The moon or the combers looks down to find us at rest in the hollows that rustle between where billow meets billow, and soft be thy pillow. O weary wee flipperling, curl at thy ease. The storm shall not wake thee, nor shark overtake thee, asleep in the arms of the slow swinging seas asleep in the arms of the slow-swinging seas. Eric Whitaker says, The seal lullaby I still sing to my son, 
and he's now 11. It has become a kind of family song. I set the beginning of the children's book. The White Seal is a beautiful story, classic Kipling, dark and rich, for soprano solo and string orchestra. And that has also become a family song. There is no separation anymore between the intimacy of our family life and the music that seems to be pouring out. The sense of being safe, belonging, the experience of finding your own voice, literally and figuratively, bringing who you are to the community and enriching the lives of others, expressed so beautifully in these stories, poems, and songs. And wonderfully, the seal lullaby will be part of the upcoming family concert by the Bach Choir of Bethlehem on February 19th. As Eric Whitaker puts it, the lullaby became their family song. The concert program has been carefully planned to give us a feeling and experience of community, belonging, and beauty. And Dr. Christopher Jackson, music director and conductor of the Bach Choir of Bethlehem, believes wholeheartedly in the power of music to impact our lives in meaningful ways. We had a chance to talk with him by phone about the tradition of family concerts by the Bach Choir and what's in store this year. This idea was, was started by my predecessor, Greg Funfgeld, and Greg and I align on so much, and I don't know if we've said this explicitly to each other, <laughs> word for word, but we really believe that music, and, and classical music, is for everybody, and it's up to us to, to bring it to people in a way that helps them experience all of the positives that classical music can bring, and we need to do a good job of that, whether our expertise is Bach or more modern music or even outside of classical. The, the point is to find a place to welcome people, to share, and, and to find common ground. We've been fond of saying this more recently here at the Bach Choir, but you know, music and Bach are our medium. And what we really are demonstrating to people is the power of community and what it is like to gather together to create beauty or to create art or to seek truth together. And that, you don't need a lot of words for that. People can see it happen on a stage or in a concert. But our job is to, is to make sure that our medium through which we work is, is really approachable. Along the way, you must have had an experience as a young person that reflects how you've come to feel about music, whether it be choral singing or something with music that allows you to embrace fully what you've just told us. Absolutely. I can pinpoint a few very specific moments in my life where the power of being in a room with others and attempting to create art together is, is really what helped me in, the, in those moments, provided a a solace or even a place where I knew if I was having some profound thoughts and emotions that I could see other people around me wrestling with something similar or at the very least there to, to help support everyone else in the room. And, you know, one of those moments certainly was in my high school choir in Stillwater, Oklahoma. We engaged with a piece of Von Williams' It's a little-known little part song. Uh, the title is Rest. 
and it's a Christina Rossetti poem set to music by Ray Fon Williams. And uh, ultimately, it's about dealing with death. And in my family, we had experienced a couple of really close family members dying in a short period of time. And being in that room with other people my own age and being able to to work kind of day after day on a text and on music that was dealing with difficult subject matter, but in a in a really beautiful way, helped kind of form within me that choral music can, and, and music in general, can be this incredible uniting force uh, between people in a room, regardless of what they're actually going through. I felt like I belonged to that group of people and that they would take care of me and support me. And, and of course, again, I say that music is the medium, but the point is, is community connection and trying to discover what it is like to be alive together. And we survey the world around us today, Christopher, and we recognize how difficult it must be to be a young person now. And so what you've just expressed about your own experience would be equally or even more important for young people today. I certainly hope so. I mean, what's what's brilliant about any community activity where you can get together and work on something that you don't you don't necessarily have to discuss. It's not that you shouldn't discuss it, but I'm saying that you don't have to discuss what is difficult about, about being in this place and time, all, all of the various difficulties that our young people are dealing with, but you do show them how to, what is beautiful. And, and so um, whether that's community or music or working hard or you know, any of those things, and I think by, sometimes by focusing on what's beautiful, it, it it provides a relief from the things that can be complicated. And I, I really do believe that life has become more complicated. And having something like music or, or sports or any activity where somebody can, can actually be around others physically, I just think is a profound relief from the complication and loneliness sometimes that, that people are feeling these days. And you have the remarkable ability to bring together not just one youth chorus, but four youth choruses. And how exciting is it to have young people engaged in just the way you are suggesting with professionals who know about music, but know about young people and about the kinds of things that you've just described. Tell us what's going to happen and how good it is for these young people in their schools or their programs to then ultimately come together in this way. Yeah, well, there's, there's so many good things that actually happen at this concert. One is that I, I was a high school teacher for, for three years. Um, that was my first real conducting job, was teaching high school in Tucson, Arizona. And what I remember about that is when I would take my high school choir out to perform with other high school choirs, there's a recognition that happens. Uh, you know, your, your high school choir sees another group working really hard and caring about what they do. And then suddenly the effort that you put in every day in your own classroom feels, you, you see it in another person. You see another person's passion or a group of people's passion or, you know, what they do well. And then you come back and you think, oh, I can 
it's okay for me to give of myself for this art. I get to watch another group of people my age, and they made me feel something. So that means that I must have that ability to make other people feel something. It's, it's, it's kind of an affirming process that we're not just doing this on an island. And that's super important. But also, I would say that you don't get that many opportunities, uh, or at least I didn't as a high school student, to perform with a professional orchestra. And so we have the Bach Festival Orchestra there, and we're going to be doing two pieces together, one by Foray and some selections from the Bach Magnificat. And these high school students get to have the experience of performing with a professional orchestra. And for anybody out there who hasn't been in this position, yes, of course, it's, it's, a, you know, it, it's a great fun time and an honor in so many ways, but it's also a challenge. The type of hearing that you have to do, listening from on stage, because often the choir is far away from the orchestra, and certainly the choir will be farther away from, from me when I'm conducting, and this really grows your skill sets as a musician. You, you end up learning a lot of new things. And so, yes, it's a learning opportunity for the students. It's a way for them to have their passion and their effort affirmed by other people their own age. And then lastly, probably my favorite thing about this is that the members of the Bach Choir sing with the youth choirs on, on many combined pieces. And that just, it teaches everybody in the room something. I mean, the adult Bach Choir members will learn from these youth choir members. They, I think, feel, they can feel a youthful exuberance about music and an awe and sometimes even really great skill and it, and it gives people who have been doing this for, for, you know, some of our choir members have been in there for over 30 years. It, it's that same cycle of affirmation that what they have spent their life dedicated to, they see it in, in young people. And the, the art lives on and the quest for community lives on. And this higher idea that hopefully by making art together, we can understand more about the world, it all lives on. And it, it is, it's a beautiful thing. Tell us how it is that you came to settle on the Magnificat when we get together. Let's do some of the Magnificat. So out of all those of us who study box music, it, it is not known for being particularly easy, <laughs> um, especially, especially for vocalists. There are a couple of cantatas here and there that are on the easier side of things, but they also, those cantatas may be harder to access for a young person first getting into Bach. But the Magnificat is incredibly exciting. The movements that we're choosing, we're, we're going to do the, the opening movement and then the final two movements, and they begin and end with a bang. Um, we have trumpets and timpani, the full orchestra, flutes, oboes, strings, it's all there, and they're really robust tempos. So it's fun to sing fast, you have to be agile, and the orchestra parts are incredibly exciting. So the Magnificat, though, combines a little bit of the approachability in terms of it's exciting with it not being the most complex of, of box pieces. So it seemed like a great thing to pick. I would also say that in the Magnificat, Bach splits the sopranos into soprano one and soprano two. And for all of the, the youth choirs out there, 
we're always struggling with getting more tenors and basses than we have sopranos and altos. And so I thought it would make sense to pick a piece of music that naturally required more sopranos and altos than tenors and basses. Yet you've also mentioned you picked a couple of other pieces that are not Bach. Forêt, for example. What's lovely about the Cantique? Oh, it's it's a classic. Uh, and I don't use that word lightly. For many folks out there who have been involved either in a high school or college choir or community choir, you might have come across the piece, the Cantique de Genre scene. Or if you are in a church program, it, it it's a sometimes a staple of... of of church choirs, the one the one obstacle is of course singing in French. But it's great. I I think my my colleagues who direct choirs would agree that it is great to explore other languages. It takes time, and it's not necessarily easy. But you know, getting some experience with French pays dividends in a lot of ways over time. But you know, if Bach is sort of quintessential Baroque music, this cantique de genre scene in so many ways, exhibits everything you want out of Romantic-era music. The vocal lines are very long and just so well-written to sing. Long, beautiful lines and, and gorgeous harmonies. Of course, in the Romantic era, composers were thinking a bit more about harmony up and down. Bach was thinking about harmony from left to right in many ways, but this is a different style. And so to give give everybody this experience of singing in two sort of significant eras of music felt important because we can supply the orchestra. And this music really does well, really comes to life for an audience with orchestra. We have two other pieces that we're performing together on the concert. And one is a setting of Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which is taken from like a southern hymn and, and it's sung in the style of, of an Appalachian folk tune and then in sort of a quicker gospel style in this arrangement. And we, we programmed that, again, because we want to give everybody the experience of multiple styles while we're working together. But also, the text is about community. It's about coming together. And so it seemed like the perfect choice. But The Seal Lullaby by Eric Whitaker, it's actually a setting of a Rudyard Kipling text. And the family concert, historically, one of the reasons we call it a family concert is because we really intend for our audience to, to be everybody. If you have, you know, if you have children that aren't even yet into their teens, we're hoping that the subject matter is approachable for them. Yes, we've got Bach and we've got Faré, but they're with big, beautiful orchestras, and you don't actually have to be overly intellectual to enjoy it. With the seal lullaby... You know, it's a text by Rudyard Kipling. If those of you remember from your childhood reading reading or watching Ricky Tikki Tavi, he was a great children's author. And, and Eric Whitaker took this poem and set it to just beautiful music. It's so touching and not overly intellectual in any way. And I think this concert has a really good balance of pieces that you can just sit back and enjoy, you know, even in the program itself, we've included games for younger audiences. We've got things like a word search. I put in a, a graphic of the human voice. So I'm going to talk about how the voice works in the concert. I'm going to teach the audience to sing in French a little bit. It's very interactive. And part of picking the seal lullaby and having the repertoire that we have is because we, 
Again, as I started by saying, music is for everybody. There should be no barrier, and we're here to explore community together through through this medium. You just talked so beautifully about that and, and bringing everybody in, and maybe now is a good time to mention that Herr Bach was a family man. He, <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Tell us something about the Bach family itself. Sure. I mean, for Bach, I think family was inseparable from music, and that comes on, on both sides of his life. So growing up, the, the last name Bach was synonymous with, with musicians. He had uncles, cousins, grandparents, you know, who were all professional musicians. His father was kind of the director of local musicians in, in his town, and his uncle was a prominent organist. So even at a young age, Bach was surrounded by family members who, who were making music. There are funny stories about his uncle, who was the organist, putting him to work his his small hands and, and his smaller body actually having him go and repair the local organ because he could fit, you know, fit in nooks and crannies where, where an adult really couldn't. But then as as Bach became a parent, he had two two wives over the course of his life. And between the two of them, they bore twenty children, ten of which survived out of infancy, but four of them went on to become very notable musicians. And, you know, you can just sort of imagine being in Bach's house, you know, they were, they were his copyists, his children would help copy out parts. And, and it's not hard to imagine because we know Bach was writing at a very quick pace. And if he needed to put on a performance, he needed the violin parts copied out, you know, by hand. And so he had a small family there to do it. And it, it's just remarkable. His his two oldest sons, Wilhelm Friedrich and Carl Philipp Emanuel, often played with him. So they made music together. And of course, those two did go on to have extremely successful careers in music. And you just imagine getting that experience early on. You're copying music from a young age. You know, you're going out and playing with your family. Yeah, Bach is synonymous with family. And so tell us how the concert, your family concert, will unfold and what musical groups are joining you. So it's going to go back and forth between some group pieces where we're all performing together. And then the four youth choirs that are joining us are offering one of their favorite pieces from this year to share with the audience, which I just think is, is beautiful. It turned out to be a, an extremely varied program. One of the choirs is bringing a Haitian tune We've got another gospel selection. It's it's wonderful variety. And the four youth choirs that are joining us are the Bel Canto Youth Chorus, directed by Joy Hirakawa. And that, that youth choir is a part of the, the Bach Choir organization. They are our amazing youth choir. The J.R. Masterman School that's down in Philadelphia, and David Shapiro will be directing them. We have Nazareth High School directed by our friend Kelly Rocky, and they're just historically an amazing program. They've been invited to perform at many local and state conferences. And then Lehigh Valley Charter Arts. Um, it's a charter school here in the Valley, and they're directed by David Macbeth, and they're going to bring their chorus as well. And again, these, these four groups are, are really fine choirs. So there, there will be, from beginning to end of the concert, it should just be a great experience. We'd certainly like to know where to find you and get to experience this remarkable program. Well, it's on Sunday, February 19th at 3 p.m. 
at the Zollner Performing Arts Center in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I always recommend that people go to our website, Bach.org, to check out details. That's where you can buy tickets as well, so that is handy. And February 19th, 3 p.m., Zollner Performing Arts Center. Great for the whole family. And Christopher, you're giving young people a chance to sing together and with the Bach Choir and the Bach Orchestra, but you're also offering young instrumentalists a chance to perform. So as part of our annual May Festival, we have this this really great performing opportunity for young musicians, and that's um, around high school age through undergraduate musicians, and it's called Zimmerman's Coffee House. And this is actually modeled after a coffee house that Bach would regularly play at when he was in Leipzig. In fact, he and his sons uh, would, would play at the coffee house. But what we do at Zimmerman's Coffee House, we have auditions that are here locally. They're um, February 18 and 25 here at our Bach office. And again, go to Bach.org if you want to check it out. But you audition with around five minutes of music from the 17th or 18th century. And then... If you're accepted, you come back and you play actually at the May Festival. It's the last event of the evening on Saturday night. Everybody has just experienced around 36 hours of box music. And our audiences absolutely love seeing the next generation of performers perform at this sort of, I wouldn't call it informal, but, you know, there, there's food and there's drink and we do small sets. So maybe about 20 minutes of music, and then uh, everyone relaxes and chats and has a bite to eat, and then another small set of music. So it's just a great way to, first, it's a great opportunity for young performers to perform in front of a live audience. And then second, it, it feels like the perfect way to end our festival weekend. So I, I really hope that more people will, will sign up to audition. We would love to see you. And geography is not an issue. If somebody in the northern tier counties of Pennsylvania hears you and doesn't mind traveling, they're okay. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we we have choir members that regularly drive an hour and 15 minutes for, for rehearsals. So, you know, this sort of opportunity, it really, it really should be a positive experience. We provide an accompanist, so you don't even need to bring that. Just, just come on down and audition, and then we can feature you on our festival, and we would love that. Dr. Christopher Jackson, Artistic Director and Conductor of the Bach Choir of Bethlehem and Bach Festival Orchestra, speaking with us about this year's Greg Fumfgeld Family Concert, hosting the Youth Choirs Festival, taking place on Sunday, February 19th at the Baker Hall at the Zollner Arts Center at Lehigh University in Bethlehem at 3 o'clock. As we've heard, four choirs, the Bel Canto Youth Choir, the Lehigh Valley Charter High School for the Arts Choir, Nazareth High School Chorale, J.R. Masterman High School Choir, performing and joining the Bach Choir of Bethlehem and the Bach Festival Orchestras together and individually. This work is among the pieces that will be performed jointly. It's the lovely Cantique de Jean Racine by Gabriel Faure. Also, The Seal Lullaby by Eric Whitaker. And Will the Circle Be Unbroken, arranged by J. David Moore. 
and they will close with three movements from Bach's Magnificat. For more information on the web, bach.org, B-A-C-H dot org. And again, it is Sunday, February 19th at 3 o'clock in Baker Hall at the Zollner Art Center at Lehigh University in Bethlehem. The Greg Fumfgeld Family Concert, the Youth Choirs Festival. For more information on the web, bach.org, bach.org. And if you're interested or you know a young person who might be interested in auditioning for the Zimmermann Coffee House performances at the annual Bach Festival, the legendary historic Bach Festival in May with the Bach Choir of Bethlehem and the Bach Festival Orchestra, then you should check Bach.org. The audition dates are February 18th and 25th, and they will be held at the Bach office in Bethlehem. B-A-C-H dot org, 